0: In Florida Ag and Review for the week of January 9th, we had this report about a big announcement from USDA. USDA's blueprint for stronger service. That's what the latest steps in modernizing and enhancing USDA customer service during this physical climate is being dubbed.
1: Really what it's designed to do is to make sure that we're spending and investing scarce resources wisely on the personnel and service providing side so we don't have to reduce programs any further.
0: Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack, who says the blueprint is the department's answer to producers' call for reducing red tape and the need to modernize services with a series of efforts to streamline operations and provide the best possible service.
1: I really see this as how do we manage with less money and fewer workers and more work and how do we do it in a way that doesn't interfere with our capacity to provide quality service to people that matter.
0: Among other things, USDA plans to close 259 domestic offices, facilities, and labs across the country, as well as seven foreign offices, and consolidate hundreds of cell phone plans into about 10.
1: This won't mean that services will be ended or reduced or eliminated. It just means that in many cases, services will be provided in a slightly different location by the very same people. We're not laying folks off as a result of this. No one's going to lose their job as a result. We're just, in essence, consolidating our real estate, so to speak, in a way to do this thing more effectively.
0: In fact, many of the offices to be closed do not house any full-time employees or only one or two. Detailed fact sheets on the blueprint for Stronger Service can be found at USDA.gov slash Stronger Service. We also had Gary Cooper with this report coming out of Tallahassee.
2: As always, we here at Southeast AgNet will be doing what we can throughout this year's extended legislative session to bring you news of interest and importance to the state's agriculture community. As lots of political rhetoric makes the rounds about what is important to Florida and what is not, and as lawmakers look to cut a couple more billion dollars from state budgets to meet anticipated shortfalls, we hope to keep farmers and ranchers on point as to what is important to the agriculture industry. And keep non-agriculture people reminded that in times like these, especially when tourism and development are hurting from a sick economy, agriculture remains a leading producing industry here in the Sunshine State. Among several issues, the ag community already focused on the lingering EPA water nutrient issue. Even though the EPA and the state have agreed on a plan, it still needs a legislative blessing, so that will be one we'll continue to watch. Also, if you happen to be an agricultural landowner, or any landowner for that matter, of land that is adjacent to or even in close proximity to federal lands controlled by the military, here's a heads up. Apparently, the feds and the military want to place restrictions on land use on properties that are adjacent to lands they use for military purposes. Already, some discussions are taking place in the state capitol about ways this issue can be worked out, since apparently Florida's property rights laws may be somehow in conflict with the U.S. military when it comes to land use near a military base. Meanwhile, later this week, we'll get an initial peek at a new energy bill to be introduced by the Agriculture Commissioner's Office. That'll be a topic of discussion in Thursday's Energy Committee meeting in the House of Representatives. From Tallahassee for Southeast AgNet, Gary Cooper reporting.
0: And we had a quick update on the freeze. Well, our growers can breathe a sigh of relief as...
3: Florida has endured its first cold snap of the 2011-12 season.
0: USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey speaking of the two-night freeze, which occurred January 3rd and 4th.
3: Resulted in some localized temperatures down into the middle 20s, most areas high 20s to low 30s.
0: Resulting in?
3: Very little overall impact on the citrus and the grapefruit crops across Florida's peninsula.
0: Ruby says that it is mostly thanks to the freeze coming so late in the season.
3: We're late enough into the winter that uh, production tends to move further south this time of year. And so the areas down southwest of Miami in the Homestead area stayed well above freezing during both nights, and there should be no adverse impacts on the crop there.
0: However, the same cannot necessarily be said for our other specialty crops.
3: We are eyeing the residual acreage of vegetables around Lake Okeechobee. Other crops that could have been vulnerable to this freeze, uh, sugarcane, mostly grown in the vicinity of Lake Okeechobee, and then also nursery crops and uh, greenhouse commodities Uh, They need to be covered and protected in various ways.
0: Florida's local farm service agency and the Department of Agriculture are working to determine just how much damage was potentially done to those crops.
3: It's a little bit tougher to protect tender vegetables such as sweet corn, beans, lettuce, and so forth. So we may have lost some uh, vegetables, especially in the vicinity of Lake Okeechobee.
0: And despite the lack of damage to our citrus crop, there was a 17% hike in orange juice futures sparked by the fear of damage. However, as of now, it is not expected for consumers to experience any sticker shock at the grocery store. And Randall Wiseman had this legislative report.
4: A topic that we've talked a lot about in the past is estate tax reform. And while some of you may have thought that was already taken care Of Well, it was just a little over a year ago that it was basically just given a two-year extension. And according to Kent Backus, manager of legislative affairs for the National Cattlemen's Beef Association, it's going to be one of their top priorities this year.
5: We are definitely looking forward to seeing some movement this year in both the House and the Senate. There's been a lot of of discussion lately about uh, having some comprehensive tax reform. Now, whether or not that's going to happen this spring or summer is anyone's
4: guess. The estate tax, otherwise known as the death tax, is one of the leading causes of the breakup of multi-generation family farms and ranches. And Because of that, Bacchus said NCBA will be working to try to get some permanency in the tax code.
5: There is a lot of support in the House right now for uh, some legislation introduced by Congressman Kevin Brady. It's called the Death Tax Repeal Permanency Act. There are 193 co-sponsors on that legislation. And while that is a very strong message, they still have to get enough uh, support in the House and especially in the Senate to do that. I I don't know if with this being an election year, you know, politics plays very strongly. So the likelihood of that happening is uh, yet to be decided. But I think some possible outcomes we could see, um, like I said, some comprehensive tax reform could move forward or uh, possibly just a current extension of the tax code as it is. Uh, obviously we're going to work hard to uh, repeal that estate tax. And if and if that's not uh, possible, then we would definitely look for a reduction in the overall estate tax burden.
4: Backus said the grassroots need to be motivated and engaged with their elected officials on this issue because this affects everyone in the industry.
0: And we will wrap up for this week with Everett Greiner.
6: Catfish, once considered a southern delicacy. Most of the rest of the country looked at them as trash fish. I think what changed was the production of catfish as a commercial farm product. I mean, once they became farm-raised, they were discovered by more and more people over a wide area. But the image of farm-raised catfish is diminishing now. Why? Imported catfish, that's why. Although U.S. production remains relatively steady, most of the farm-raised seafood is now imported, including catfish. But here's something I just learned recently. 80% 80% of the imported catfish are not catfish. They resemble catfish, but they're not catfish as we know them in this country. Oh, they're safe. Uh, they have to be to meet USDA requirements. But if you want genuine American-raised farm catfish, you got to ask for them.